Welcome to NeuroNoodle's Neurofeedback and Neuropsychology Podcast, featuring tech legend Jake Gunkelman. He's the man who has read well over half a million brain scans, and Dr. Marie Swingle, author of iMinds. Our goal is to provide information and promote options for better mental health. The NeuroNoodle Podcast is supported by listeners and businesses just like you. Could you tell us a little bit about G-Tech, the amplifier, and then give us a little background on yourself? So G-Tech is actually building brain-computer interfaces. So we do all the hardware and software components, uh, development production here in our company. And these brain-computer interfaces are able to recognize different thoughts, so things from the brain. We can do it non-invasively with sensors on the scalp, but we can also implant sensors directly on the cortex or stick electrodes inside the brain for getting more resolution. And with all these brain signals, we are able to control external devices. And they are used for many different applications. So people do different neuroscience experiments, they develop develop new brain-computer interface applications, they monitor pilots and car drivers, so whatever they have in mind. We use it also for a couple of medical applications. Uh, it's useful, for example, for the neurorehabilitation of stroke patients or people with multiple sclerosis. And even many years after the stroke, they get better if they train with the brain-computer setup because it's producing neuroplasticity and this leads to better fine and cross motoric skills, less plasticity and much more. So, so the hardware, it, is it an amplifier? Let's just say a, a new tech gets in the field and they say, oh, I want to I learn more about G-Tech. In simple terms, is it more than, more than an amplifier? It's, a, it's the computer, it's everything, the software, it's all together. Uh, can you simplify it a little bit? So a brain-computer interface consists, of course, also of an amplifier, but you need much more. First of all, you need electrodes to pick up signals from the brain, these uh, voltages. Uh, so we are measuring basically voltages from the EEG data. And they're very tiny. That's the reason why you need a biosignal amplifier to amplify it. And then we need analog to digital converters to have a digital data stream and this data stream normally goes to any computing system. And with that, we can process uh, brain signals and can extract useful information. If you're just looking at the EEG data, it looks like noise. So it's very difficult to read anything out, which is meaningful. But with the brain-computer interface uh, classification, we can extract useful information. And then we can use it, for example, to move a cursor on the screen, left and right, up and down, just to control something. You can also do neurofeedback applications. This is what Jay is doing very often. And you can also connect it with other devices, for example, a functional electrical stimulator. So this is what we use for neurorehabilitation. In this case, we ask a patient to imagine, for example, a left-hand movement. The brain-computer interface is able to pick it up that now the brain is doing this kind of imagination. Then in real time, we are able to trigger the functional electrical stimulation of the left arm so that the hand is really moving. This pairs mental processes with motor behavior. It is just very effective for uh, neurorehabilitation and producing neuroplasticity. 
Uh, Dr. Marie Swingle, welcome to the show. Say say hello. Good morning. Good morning. I'm half here, just so everybody knows, but really happy to be here. <laughs> just off of a bad flu, so. But I wouldn't want oh. to miss this for the world. I, you're you're a wonderful guest. <laughs> so. Yeah. So. So so now. Uh, Jay's not here yet, so I'm going to okay. bring up Neuralink because he gets pretty uh, excited uh, when we bring up uh, when we bring up Elon Musk. And does GTEC is it similar to Neuralink with their implants, or how is it different? Uh, that's a customer of us because we are providing tools for many, many other companies, research institutes and universities, hospitals and so on. Um, so we are building elements that other companies and researchers are using to do something else. The main difference of uh, Neuralink is that they are building an implant. So this is something that stays inside the head or inside the brain for a long time uh, to extract information. What we are doing is something that doesn't stay inside. So we assemble electrodes and the BCI system on the surface of the body. So you don't need a neurosurgeon. You don't have to open the scalp to put it in. And for many, many applications, this non-invasive approach is just very nice and you can achieve a lot. For other applications, you need brain implants. So if you are looking at paralyzed people, and if you want to give them an exoskeleton to move along, then of course it makes sense to, to have an implant for communicating with the exoskeleton all the time because you don't want to put on a BCI system in the morning. Uh, it's just very nice if you already have an implant ready to work all the time. Jake Uncleman, say hello to Christoph. It's good to see you again, Christoph. Nice to see you again. Long ago. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's been too long. Too long. Jay, how do you know um, Christoph? Uh, G-Tech came up on a show uh, oh, three or four episodes ago, and we said, hey, we got to bring him on. What was? What's your relationship with G-Tech and Christoph? Well, uh, uh, he comes out of Gert Furtscheller's laboratory in uh, and, and that's a, a technical university, and he's uh, brilliantly executed into commercial product all of the intellectual uh, property, basically, the idea of uh, communicating with uh, locked-in uh, borderline cognitive uh, people, the uh, brain-computer interface work uh, that, that came out of uh, Burr Bomber and and uh, and Europe um, and and with uh, the quality of the products at an exemplary level. So um, I, I was impressed with his uh, devices and invited him a couple of times to come over as a a vendor. I have to say uh, uh, his booth didn't really get much attention. You know the uh, the. The industry's got uh, classical uh, people that have booths, and uh, they they dominate the the traffic there. But the few people that did stop by, I think uh, John LeMay, for instance, uh, stopped by and had some dramatic interest. And uh, but uh, uh, I I also have uh, perhaps an odd fascination 
with uh, with knives. And uh, <laughs> Chris Kristoff, you remember the EEG pattern that was done uh, by Gert Furtscheller when he was imagining cutting bread with a bread knife. And uh, mm -hmm. uh, that, that bread knife um, was uh, then executed as a product uh, that was available, I think, only briefly, and uh, you could actually get um, a bread knife with the EEG pattern on the blade, and it's a tungsten and vanadium uh, and 200-year-old olive handle, and uh, you have to be careful with these sorts of things because this is razor sharp. Now, Martine Arns stopped and visited a few years ago, and he actually touched the blade with his fingers. Now, I, that, if, if you have a fine blade, you don't touch it with your fingers because you leave a fingerprint. So I have his fingerprint on this knife. If anything ever happens to me and you want to frame him, use the knife. So uh, uh, anyway, um, I, uh, I appreciate it. Nice joke about that would be a really good Christmas gift, but not anymore. <laughs> well, you know, um, it, it wasn't cheap, but I, I have a, you know, it, the the story behind it and the execution of it as a as a fine collectible, basically, uh, was beyond what I could pass up, and I. Uh, I, I got the first one uh, that came up for sale uh, from uh, from then. I think they only made ten of them, uh, if I, I recall. But uh, 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 that that also uh, was uh, part part of my uh, connections to uh, to G Tech and and Christoph. Actually, um, we are running the BCI award now for for many many years, and yes, we only give yes. the knife nowadays to the first, second, and third place win of the BCI word. So that's the only chance to get the knife nowadays. <laughs> and, you know, uh, how many people put out um, a, 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 an award uh, for BCI? Uh, uh, his company has um, an, uh, um, an academic's heart as opposed to... Um, uh, someone trying to uh, optimize some profit off of something. His products are all uh, fabulous executions. And, um, you know, if, if you've got a child who you, you think has some consciousness and uh, they're in a coma, who do you call? You know the, the you know Ghostbusters. You know, I mean the uh, you, you you've got to have some ability to end up having a science-based ability to investigate whether there's a cognitive presence or not. And uh, his, I, I think you call it a beagle uh, to, to sniff out consciousness like, like a good dog might. Uh, but, um, you know, the, the, the products are exemplary and um, uh, at a very high level. I mean, brain-computer interface, First of all, Musk is starting uh, to uh, do that, and uh, his uh, recent 
escapades with the monkeys didn't turn out very well with the implants. So I, I'm not going to stand in line for one of his. But there, there are uh, competent people doing implants of, 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 of various sorts and uh, probably less traumatically uh, given the death of uh, the, the, the rather tragic, awful de deaths of some, some of the monkeys. So, um, you know, uh, he, he's received uh, FDA approval to start, um, but I, I don't know if I would line up in that line yet. Um, uh, I recommend brain surgery highly if you need it, but um, you, you've got to be very careful. And uh, the the more traditional uh, laying uh, down of a, a surgical grid or or the rolling out of a surgical grid uh, or the, uh, the the some some people that are kind of floating. Uh, uh, n nano uh, amps uh, in that are fired up uh, using ultrasound uh, to, to power them up. Uh, there, there's a lot of ways that people are getting electrodes into the brain. And uh, it, as Christoph points out, uh, having them in there is a lot more convenient than having to paste them on every morning. And uh, if they can be done uh, safely and securely, and it looks like that's uh, quite the case. You know, Burbomber has done work from outside the skull uh, that ended up having some uh, critique. Uh, his record keeping wasn't uh, perfect, but he's executed it now with implanted electrodes. And, you know, the ability to go speech, you know, thought to speech uh, is, is there uh, with, with implanted high density arrays. So, um, yeah, my my interaction with Christoph is uh, one of a uh, high level of respect for uh, somebody who actually went through academics. I mean, I'm just a damn tech, you know, so uh, uh, he, he's the real thing, a major neuroscientist, and he's generated some of the world's uh, finest products. Jay and uh, Christoph, if you, if you could help, help me out understand, because I'm sure there's, Techs out there, there's neurofeedback practice owners out there that are trying to pick a product, and I'm just trying to get where G Tech falls in. I, my perception, it's a high high quality product. If you're going to do something for a living and you want to make sure you have the, you know, the right signals coming in, coming out, that this is the top of the line product out there. Do I, am I looking at that right, Jay and Christoph? Yes, I, I would say that it's a top of the line product, it, you know, and, and it's, it's not like one product. I mean, it's, the, this isn't just, oh, I've got an EEG amp and some software. Yeah. I mean, he's, uh, he, he's got a lot of different uh, approaches. Uh, the Sahara uh, dry sensor uh, 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 or, or wet and dry, uh, damp or dry sensor um, uh, approach, um, uh, and then traditional, you know, uh, 64, uh, 128 high density array, uh, amplifier banks, um, uh, 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 all of those kinds of products are there in a, you know, a broad product line. So it's not just, it's not just one thing, but, right. but again, I, I think some of the unique ones that, uh, have, have been, 
developed that uh, bring the intellectual property off of the European academic centers and into a product line uh, end up being extremely impressive. Um, you know, uh, brain-computer interface was not uh, a U.S. Uh, uh, neurofeedback world uh, development. This this basically came out of Europe, and uh, and and Christoph is, uh, I, I think, um, uh, uh, trying to foster that by having an annual uh, kind of a hackathon. Uh, uh, how, how to do a brain computer interface thing. So, uh, it has, and I have to say, uh, that's a 650 euro knife as a pro, as a prize. That's a damn nice prize. <laughs> uh, so, uh, 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 you know, he, he's, he's drawing in bright young people into the field and, uh, the term brain computer interface is, um, uh, able to be swapped out for neurofeedback in many application areas, uh, but it tra it transcends the traditional neurofeedback uh, clinical applications because um, it it can be used for brain computer interface for uh, operating the computers for uh, people that have uh, uh, lost function and obviously exoskeletons operated. Uh, for people that have lost uh, peripheral functions. Um, I'd like to jump it, in there if I could. Um, Christoph, we have an extremely broad audience from, you know, parents curious about neurotherapy, uh, newbies all the way up to extreme experts looking for the next, um, next thing um, with knowledge wanting to jump in. Um, to me, one of the obvious applications of your, um, your technology is with stroke. Um, do you mind walking us through, you know, whether it's your equipment, uh, your protocols, applications, et cetera, and if, if that's not the right um, um, uh, topic, um, stroke, could you pick another? Just just to, to kind of pull us into uh, what you and your equipment do um, and how it could be useful to um, uh, mid-range or upper-range practitioners. Um. Yeah, I start maybe at the beginning. So we were established 25 years ago, right after my PhD. So during my PhD, people were asking if I'm selling this technology. And then I just founded GTAC and the first system went to University of Oxford, the second one to South Korea. And I forgot actually the third one. But at this time, we produce biosignal amplifiers, like you were mentioning before. And then we just built more of these amplifiers. We had, for example, the first wireless EG amplifier on the market, which is very nice because then you don't need cables anymore and the whole set is sitting on the head and it just gives you much better EG data. And for that reason, you get also higher classification accuracies, higher performance for the PCI system or, or for all the EEG experiments. And then we built also amplifiers that go up to 1024 channels. So this was initially done for implants. When neurosurgeons are implanting grids directly on the cortex, then you get the fantastic resolution. You can learn much more of the brain. We work together with many neurosurgeons and neurologists. One of them is Dr. Kamada in Japan. And they, they want to understand, for example, which brain regions are essential for a patient. And they don't want to resect these regions, of course. 
And with brain-computer interface technology, we can actually figure out where these regions are located very quickly. And this helps uh, understanding the brain much better. And there was one region, for example, on the on the base, temporal base of the brain, uh, which was always active. And Dr. Kamada was also cutting it out because they assumed that it doesn't have a certain function. And then we did some BCI experiments. So we showed images to the patient and uh, of faces actually, and this was the instruction to stick in and out the tongue. And suddenly the temporal base lighted up. So there was brain activity when the person looked into a face. So we figured out this is the face sensitive region of the human brain. And it has the consequence when you cut it out that the patients don't recognize family members or other faces anymore. This was in the region which was just unexplored or unknown before. So Dr. Kamada resected it. And now with BCI technology, he can figure out where these regions are located. So in the, it's very useful for different research applications, but you need a lot of electrodes. And a couple of years later, we started also with stimulators. So we can stimulate different body parts to create movements or a sensation, but we can also stimulate the brain to create sensation, feelings, movements, and so on. And with this combination of sensing from the brain and stimulating different body parts, we are able to run neuromodulation experiments. This is just uh, getting much more interesting because you can influence the brain and produce uh, neuroplasticity. This is what we are nowadays using in a medical product. It's called Recoverix. This is our brain-computer interface for stroke neurorehabilitation. So in this case, we ask a patient to imagine left-hand movement, right-hand movement, leg movement. The brain-computer interface picks it up because we have electrodes over the sensory motor cortex and we can do this in real time and then we trigger the functional electrical stimulation of the left muscles the right muscles of the leg muscles so that the hand or the foot is really moving and this pairs cognitive processes with motor behavior and it's producing this neuroplasticity and if we look at children then the, we know that they need about 6,000 repetitions to learn to walk. That's the reason why we are also doing with our stroke patients 6,000 motor movement imaginations in total. And this uh, allows the brain to rewire. So the damaged neurons are replaced by healthy ones. So the neurons form new connections. And at the end, we get much better motor control. So people walk faster. They have less spasticity. Temperature control in the limbs gets normal. And then we have also fantastic side effects, which are all good. For example, concentration improves, memory functions improves. And my favorite one is that people speak better. So the stroke damaged, for example, Broca's area. That's the region responsible for finding uh, words. And if you look at the auditory cortex, then you need, or at the language network, then you need, first of all, the auditory cortex to hear conversations. Then you need Wernicke's area to understand the words. Then you need Broca's area to give an answer to the question that somebody was asking you. And finally, you need motor mouse region to move your lips and tongue and so on to pronounce the word. And with Recoverix, our brain-computer interface, we are activating with the motor movements, the sensory motor cortex and lips and the tongue are also there located. 
And with that, we have an effect on the whole language network. And that's the reason why suddenly people speak much better. So we had patients who could only say one word, like yes, no, okay, and this was it. And after the recovery therapy, they could say sentences. Um, and this is just also very nice with these neuromodulation setups to probe the brain and to, to see what you can influence. The other product in the medical domain that Jay was already mentioning is the mind beagle system. So in this case, we use a brain-computer interface for people with disorders of consciousness. So they're a little bit better than coma, but they don't move, they don't speak, and nobody knows if these patients can follow conversations. And you, you have to imagine family members, you know, they are visiting maybe every day, but they never get feedback. So they, they have no clue if the patient understands them. With the MindPeople system, we can probe that very easily. And we are just asking questions to the patients where we know the answer. Like, are you born in the US? Then with the brain-computer interface, he can say yes or no. And when the patient is able to confirm most of 10 questions, then we get a very objective proof that the patient was able to follow conversations. And this is changing everything because suddenly physicians are motivated to do something, family members are motivated to come in. So it's it's really important. And the last product line that we established a few years ago is our Unicorn Hybrid Black. This is actually a low-cost brain-computer interface costs around uh, 990 euros, uh, so much cheaper than the other technology. And with that, we are also running our BCI hackathons worldwide. And this is very nice because we are bringing makers, engineers, neuroscientists, neurologists, and even neurosurgeons into the BCI domain. So they are meeting over a weekend. We put them together in teams so that we have a mixture of experience and then they have to work for 24 hours on new applications. It's just fantastic what they nowadays can achieve within 24 hours. They are coming up with very sophisticated new ideas and they are really working in real time. So if we compare to the results five years ago, then it's just progressing dramatically. And they, they have ideas, for example, to to visualize dreams. So one of the hackathon team, for example, is sleeping, they record EEG data. Then there's a computer graphics expert in the team. And based on your sleep patterns and different brain regions that are activated, they can produce, for example, computer graphics, which uh, is also representing ideas. So they hooked it also up to ChatGPT. So they read out EEG signals, put it into ChatGPT or daily then they can create uh, nice images with artificial you intelligence. <laughs> you, you can also extract nightmares <laughs> if you like. Um, and and with these uh, BCI hackathons, we are creating a lot of dynamics. So this year we, we organized the BCI and Neurotech uh, Spring School. And we had almost 16,000 people attending from 107 countries of the world. This just shows how big BCI and new technology yeah. became. Thank you. Um, more than Chris. more than innovative. I, I really appreciate your your taking us up and through. Christoph, you brought up the dreaded chat GPT and artificial intelligence. How how has that uh, aided uh, you and your company? How can it help uh, 
people that are looking to improve their uh, mental health? Yeah, we, we are extracting biomarkers from the EEG. So first of all, we take care that we extract information which is solid and from proper brain centers and induced by proper experiments or certain tasks that they have to do. Then we can put these biomarkers into ChatGPT and ask them to, to interpret it. And what we get as a result is, is really fascinating. So it's, it's valid. And in this way, you can also organize uh, different experiments very nicely and interpreted. And we also work together with artists. And then we can also create paintings, for example, based on EEG data, which are inspired by different activations of specific uh, cortical areas. And it's it's really nice what you get out. And at the end, BCI systems are kind, they're using machine learning. For, for many, many years, because by just looking at the EG data, it's very difficult to understand what you are seeing. You need any how signal processing and machine learning to make uh, sense of what you are seeing. And this, when we look again at the stroke patients that we have in the rehabilitation center where I'm sitting, so we just established our own reha center where we started with recovery treatments. We did already more than 30,000 treatments so just from this single center, we have 30,000 data sets. Nowadays, we can already predict how much better a stroke patient will get when he is doing 25 recovery treatments. This is very useful. An insurance company, for example, is much more likely giving you money for the treatment if you can prove the outcome or you have a good statistics that tells uh, the insurance company what you can expect when they pay. And this is also enabled with artificial intelligence and the deep learning algorithms that we have. Christoph, um, when you are talking about, you know, dreams, etc., um, have you worked at all with schizophrenia or do you see any um, use uh, in exploring uh, schizophrenia with your uh, technology? We didn't work on that, but we have customers using our equipment for, for exploring that. But, you know, for every single illness, you can spend your whole life. So we did so far coma, epilepsy, tumor, uh, stroke, and multiple sclerosis, and ALS locked in patients, of course. And now we are starting with spinal cord injury. So we had also our first spinal cord injury patient few weeks ago who was trained with recoveries and even this guy is walking uh, twice as fast as before. So it was incomplete spinal cord injury, but nevertheless, he improved a lot. And, but of course, every single one is very interesting, but you, you need a lot of resources and knowledge oh. to do it correctly. We, we, we all know that. No worries. I, I think sometimes knowing our limitations is really important, but uh, I, I, you know, just, um, you know, hearing what you were sharing, I, I think there, if anybody is out there wanting to explore, I think there really, you might have something there in terms of looking at what areas of the brain are, are, are lighting up under the wrong circumstances. So, yeah. It's, it's also interesting to keep the perspective, you know, that you can see the uh, dr dramatic progress in uh, the, the, the high level uh, neuroscience. Uh, that Christoph and his uh, company and his products uh, uh, represent. 
uh, th this is an international, and you see his his work is uh, not just uh, in his hometown. I mean, there's uh, international uh, locations all over are are using this. Um, the neurofeedback practitioner working in their office in the USA in a state that's a small state doesn't feel the ground shifting under their feet uh, like it actually is. Uh, the, the field is, and the, the depth and um, the level of expression of the science that uh, we're based on is um, just exploding. Uh, 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 this is not a, a, a US-centric uh, circumstance. You look across the world and you see uh, high-level work uh, coming out of uh, all the other locations. Uh, uh, and luckily we see neurofeedback uh, groups starting up in Spain and in Italy, uh, San in Europe. Uh, oh, they've, they've more than started up. I want to yeah. really pump what, what Jay is saying in many yeah. cases, they, they've far advanced us. Yeah. yeah. But it's an internationalized uh, um, uh, circumstance. And again, the, the, the practitioner needs to see the uh, the, the the extent of the uh, exposure our field is having internationally and um, it, and the high level uh, 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 solid academic neuroscience that has been uh, um, rolled out into clinical application. So I'm um, I'm happy to see Christoph on the show. Uh, um, as a teaser for some of the uh, people to see uh, where the field has gone and is going. Um, uh, 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 and and uh, sometimes I think uh, Christoph may have come over to the United States meetings only because they happened around ski season. And, uh, uh, <laughs> and uh, there, there was... This I understand. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, there was some some good powder somewhere, um, but uh, I, I do think that um, uh, our, our field needs to be uh, broadened in its awareness, and uh, th this is the kind of uh, exposure that ends up uh, stretching their idea of what we do and what we can do uh, with, with neuroscience uh, applied. So Chris, do we Chris, also establish this uh, kind of a franchise system for recoveries to, to enable, you know, therapists just to get all the neurotechnology from us? Um, so we already have a lot of franchise partners in many countries of the world. And ideally, one franchise partner opens a couple of locations to take over a whole territory. So we have, for example, a company running recoveries in Slovenia, the business lady here in Austria. So he, she established many locations already in Vienna, Graz, Klagenfurt, and many other locations in Austria. And at the end, we want to have a coverage of recovery centers so that no patient has to travel longer than 30 minutes to get the therapy. And for the therapists, we are just providing all the technology that they need, a standard operating procedure, and the marketing material, the web page, and then they can already start to treat patients. Um, so at the moment it's stroke and multiple sclerosis, but 
I guess, pretty soon they will be able to add other illnesses because we have clinical studies running. And in this way, somebody can start with PCI technology very, very quickly. And also from the investment point of view, it's it's pretty attractive uh, to get it running. And this could also be very nice for a neurofeedback therapist uh, because it just opens also other therapies uh, that you can do with patients. Christoph, yeah. where do we send where do we send people to learn more about GTech? Um, a good source is of course GTech AT and for recoverix recoverix.com. And if somebody is interested in the consumer products, it's unicorn-bi.com. Um, and on the Recoverix webpage, there's also much more information about the franchise system and how this works. And of course, very easy is also to follow my LinkedIn account, Christoph Google, because I share a lot of videos all the time, like pre and post Recoverix videos. And then you can just see what we mean with PCI treatment improvement. And it's just fantastic, you know, when we get the chronic stroke patient to move again. So we are testing, for example, with the nine-hole pack test. And then you can just see the movements before the recovery therapy. And after 25 sessions, and we have also patients who are coming more often, and then you see it after therapy 50, and suddenly the, the hand is healthy again. So you don't even see anymore that this person had a stroke five years ago. Um, so you, you will see easily these videos on LinkedIn and many other applications like yeah. the sleep, dream painting and whatever we do. Yeah. You know, the traditional view of a stroke is that uh, with therapy, you get about six months out from the stroke, you get back about everything you're going to get back. And after that, that's about what you've got. And what you're doing is taking people from that point where they, they haven't really recovered uh, uh, fully at all uh, and, and bringing them past what's normally expected uh, using a high-level neuroscience approach mm -hmm. and um, uh, uh, stimulation and, um, you know, and uh, feedback. So I, I, uh, I'm uh, absolutely impressed with the uh, uh, high-level clinical application um, uh, I, I hope your uh, 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 franchising system ends up uh, penetrating a lot of the markets because the clients are out there in need. And obviously my seven-month-old Ridgeback is settling onto my lap here. So uh, <laughs> During the day, he's like a weighted blanket. He's very calm. Uh, I got an Australian Shepherd. She is now eight months old. Uh, well, you know, puppies. No, no, nobody's sleeping. <laughs> Christoph Guger, G-Tech, thank you so much for coming on the show. Dr. Marie Swingle, and of course, Jay Gunkelman. Great episode of the NeuroNoodle Network Podcast. The NeuroNoodle Podcast is supported by listeners and businesses just like you. 